We turn in the Psalter hymnal to number 431. Number 431, this musical setting of the Lord's Prayer. And this morning we're going to sing verses 1 and then 7 and 8 and also verse 10. Verses 1, 7 and 8 and verse 10 of 431. Let's stand together as we sing. morning, God's Word comes to us from the book of James, James chapter 1. And we're going to be getting, uh, reading just a few verses from James chapter 1. We'll read verse 1 through 4 and then pick up verse 12 through 15 as well. James chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. 
What we hear now is God's word. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And now verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of your Psalter hymnals to page 63 and 64 in the back section as we read together Lord's Day 52. There are three questions and answers, the second one uh, turning over to, the third one turning over to page 64. We'll begin on page 63 and I'll read the question. We can respond together with the answer. Question 127, what does the sixth request mean? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil means. By ourselves we are too weak to hold our own even for a moment. And our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh, never stop attacking us. And so, Lord, uphold us and make us strong with the strength of your Holy Spirit, so that we might not go down to defeat in this spiritual struggle, but may firmly resist our enemies until we finally win the complete victory. Question 128, what does your conclusion to this prayer mean? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever means. We have made all these requests of you because as our all-powerful king, you not only want to, but are able to give us all that is good. And because of your holy name, and not we ourselves, should receive all praise forever. And then turning over to page 64, question 129. What does that little word, amen, express? Amen means, this is sure to be. It is even more sure that God listens to my prayer than that I really desire what I pray for. Well, today we come to our end of the study of the Lord's Prayer and also our end to our study of the Heidelberg Catechism for this time through. As we do, we look together at the sixth request, the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. 
Perhaps we have prayed this prayer so many times, and we are so familiar with the prayer, that 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 request doesn't strike us. Lead us not into temptation. What did we just read in James chapter 1, verse 13? Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. God tempts no one. And yet we pray to God, lead us not into temptation. What is it that we are praying for when we take this request upon our lips? If James says God doesn't tempt us, then why do we pray God don't lead us to temptation? Part of the answer to that is found in recognizing there are two parts to this petition. Lead us not into temptation and the other half of the request and deliver us from evil. And so we're going to look at these two parts of the request this morning. A prayer about temptation and a prayer about evil. And in looking at these two parts of the petition, hopefully get a clearer understanding of what it is we are actually praying for when we take the Lord's Prayer upon our lips. Well, when we talk about praying about temptation, we have to recognize that temptation uh, does come from various sources. Children, I think if I asked you today, who is it that tempts us? When we're tempted to sin, who is it that tempts us? And I, I'm almost sure you would tell me, Reverend Nehemiah, it's the devil who tempts us. And that would be right. That would be right. It is the devil who tempts us. And the devil will use any means possible to lead us into sin. The devil is the father of lies. He will always attempt to lead us astray. And when the devil does that, he always has our worst in mind. The devil is out for our destruction. When we are faced with temptations, he is out to hurt us. Always out to hurt us. We need to remember that. Because sometimes the the temptations which the devil lays before us look so good. They look like they will lead us to a greater blessing. They look like they will lead us to a path of freedom. But the devil always seeks our hurt. The devil is always out to destroy us. He never has our best interest in mind. But he is always there to ruin us. No matter what that temptation from him may look like, it is given for our destruction. Temptations come from the devil. Temptations also come from God. Now, how do I dare say that <laughs> in light of James chapter 1, verse 13? I say that because although 
although we don't, that, that language sounds so harsh to our ears, temptations come from God. But in James chapter 1, the translator has translated the same word in two different ways. Verse 2, count it all, all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And the same in verse 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. That word trial is the same root word as what we find later in verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. These two words are the same. In fact, this word trial in verse 2 and 12 is the word used in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew and in Luke. Deliver us, or uh, keep us from trials. From trials. Maybe that language is more palatable to us. Because we know that there are times we face trials. Lead me not into trials. Lord God, help me not to be tempted and tried by the things around me. Now, we don't, it, it, it's jarring to our ears to say God might tempt us, but I think if I say God at times leads us in trials, that's a little bit more palatable to our ears, although it's the same word in, in James chapter 1. The difference is when God sends temptations, or if you prefer the word trials, when God sends trials, temptations, they are for our good and not our harm. When God lays trial in our path, unlike Satan who wishes to tear us down and destroy us, God lays these things in our path that we might be built up, which is why James can say in verse 2, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials, temptations of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Trials that come from God are intended to build us up, not tear us down. You think about that in the Old Testament. In our Genesis series, we talked about Abraham being tested by God, tried by God in the offering up of his son. Not to tear down his faith, but to build him up in his faith. Israel in the Old Testament tested and tried that they might show their devotion to God, show their obedience to Him. God always has our best in mind. The temptations, the trials that come from Him are for our good, that we might be built up, steadfast, complete, perfect, lacking nothing. And it is this trial, it is this temptation that we are praying for in the first half of this petition leads on to temptations, to trials, to difficulties. And you say, well, okay, well, if that's what's going on here, that we maybe should translate that word, lead us on into trials. But if these trials are for our good, they are for building us up, then why would we pray this prayer? Lead us not into these trials. Is it a sincere prayer that we're praying? If these are for our good, why pray God don't do this? It is a sincere prayer. Because while the outcome will be for our good, the process may be very very difficult. 
None of us desire to go through that trial process. It is a prayer to God, Lord, keep those trials from us. That we don't need to go through these difficult and hard times. Even Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane knew the wonderful outcome of what he was doing, but he prayed, if there's any other way, Lord God, take this cup from me. Don't have me go through the process even though I know the glorious outcome. This is our prayer. Lead us not into trial, into temptation. Lead us not through that process. Of course, to to avoid that, that difficult process where God is building us up in that way. We need ourselves to be good students when he speaks to us in the non-trying times. God will do whatever it takes to, let me put it this way, get our attention. And so when we pray, lead us not into temptation, into trial, that is, help us in the good times to be good students of who you are and good students of what you have done. And thank you every day for what's going on. But we so easily get distracted. We so easily forget God when everything is going well that at times he needs to take us through those trials. To to turn our eyes once again off of each other and back onto him wholly focused again. Lord God, help us. Not to to be so casual about the things you have given to us that you need to take us through these trials, through these temptations. Lead us not in this way. Help us simply in the ordinary, regular paths to acknowledge you. But if we do find ourselves in the path of trial, in the path of temptation, then this is what James is talking about in James verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Not because the trial is enjoyable, but because it is, it is evidence God is at work with us, in us. God is growing us. God is strengthening us. The testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And steadfastness, when it has its full effect, makes us perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If you are going through trial, difficulty, hardship today, you're on that path of hardship. You say, I take no joy in the process. No one takes joy in the process. But we do take joy in the outcome. What God is doing for us. He is driving us closer to Him for a greater acknowledgement of our weakness and His strength. He is pulling us closer to Himself whether that be trials in our physical life, trials with our health, difficulties, ongoing pains that we have. God is reminding us that He is the God in control of all things. And He uses wonderful means like doctors and nurses, but He's the one who gives the healing. So we pray to Him, help us in this trial. Whether it's in relational difficulties, difficulties between husband and wife or parent and child, no one likes that process, but God used this We take joy in the fact that you are reconciling us. You are bringing us to humility. You are bringing us to confession. You're bringing us to repentance, to restore relationships. Lord God, even in these difficulties, lead us not that way, but when you do, help us to to account it as joy for the sake of the outcome, not for the process of the trial that we go through. 
a sincere request, Lord, lead us not into trial and temptation. And the other half of that sincere request then, but deliver us from evil. And the second half of the petition is not the evil, the difficulties, the trials that are come our way because we are believers, because God is putting his hand upon us, but these trials, these evil, this difficulty, this is from the devil. Deliver us from evil, from what the devil is doing. And this is reflected in our confession as well. Question 127. And our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh, never stop attacking us. And so, Lord, uphold us, make us strong with the strength of your Holy Spirit that we not go down to defeat in this spiritual struggle. Our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh, these difficulties, these trials, these temptations, which Satan is bringing our way, Make us strong to stand against him, the devil, the world, even our own flesh. So often the temptations from the devil come from within ourselves. The devil works on us to tempt us, to try us. Verse 14, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Those desires within us that we know we should not have, that we know we should not court, that we know we should not feed. And yet we are lured, enticed, drawn in by our own desires and Satan fueling that desire. Verse 15, Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when fully grown, gives birth to death. Desire gives birth to sin. Sin brings forth death. The progression of sin in our lives. Sin starts as that temptation within our own heart. Those things we know we should not want, we should not desire, but we begin to think, what would it be like to give in to this temptation from the devil? What would it be like to walk down that path? And we begin to feed that desire by thinking about it again and again and again. And that desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. Having thought about again and again, what would it be like to do this? We find those desires becoming actualized in our life. And we begin to do things, and we might say to ourselves, you know, I could never have imagined I would do that. Yes, we did. We did imagine it again and again and again. And it should not surprise us when that desire gives birth to sin in our life. And when that sin goes unconfessed, unrepented, unchecked, sin, when fully grown, brings forth death. Persistent, deliberate, unconfessed, unrepented sin against God does not need to life, leads us to death. 
What a contrast to what Paul says just up in verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. When we remain steadfast under these trials, under these temptations, they do not lead us to death. But God, by his grace, gives us the crown of life. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from even starting down that path, the desires that lead to sin, that lead to death. Again, from our confession. So, Lord, uphold us, make us strong with the strength of your Holy Spirit, so we may not go down to defeat in this spiritual struggle, but may firmly resist our enemies until we finally win the complete victory. Lord, uphold us and make us strong. This is our prayer. Deliver us from evil. And we are those who are, who are in need of praying that prayer on a regular, ongoing, daily basis. We should regularly pray, deliver us from evil, because we are so, so weak. We like to think of ourselves as strong, but in the spiritual struggle, we are so weak our confession says, we ourselves are too weak to hold our own even for a moment. We are too weak to hold our own even for a moment. And it is in those places where we think we are strong, where we think we can stand against the devil's temptations, that's where he comes to tempt us. And in our strength, we fall to our weakness. Where we think we are strong, that's where Satan will come. That's where he will tempt. That's where he will try. That's where he will have that desire, give birth to sin, and give birth to death. And as this, as this goes on, it's, it's tempting for us even to say, well, if God's in control, why is this happening? That's what James is talking about in verse 13. When he says you should stand under trials, that's why he says in verse 13, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Don't blame God when we give in to sin. Don't blame God for our weakness and our frailty. Don't blame God that we allow this, this desire to conceive and give birth to sin. It is our fault. It is our weakness. It is our frailty which once again drives us back to God in Jesus Christ. We acknowledge our sin. We acknowledge our weakness. We acknowledge we are too weak to save ourselves from anything. But we have a God who is powerful to save. We have a God who is powerful enough to wipe away all of our sins. A God who sent His own Son, Jesus Christ, that we could be washed, we could be cleansed, freed from all of our sins. That's the glory of what Christ has done for us. If you are struggling with your sin, if you are struggling with temptation and trying to do it in your own strength, then God calls you this morning, don't do it in your strength. Recognize your weakness. Embrace Jesus Christ and know the glory of, of the victory 
over trial, the victory over temptation, the victory over desire and sin. And don't lead that path to death. But God, by His grace, puts us on the path to life. He is the God who is all-powerful. He is the God who does everything well. Look to Him for strength. Look to Him for the answer. He is the complete Savior. God calls us to rely on Him in all circumstances, when things are going well and in times of trial. Trials that He may send or trials, temptations sent by the devil himself. As we pray to God, we know He will hear us. I love how our catechism ends when it talks about that that little word, amen, in question 129. Uh, This is sure to be. It is even more sure that God listens to my prayer than that I really desire what I pray for. How beautiful. It is even more sure God listens to our prayer then I desire what I pray for. My prayers are often so weak and so frail themselves, and do I really want what I'm praying for? It's even more sure that God will hear. And this God is powerful to answer. Again, from from 128, we hear these wonderful words. We have made these requests of you because as our all-powerful king, you not only want to, but are able to give us all that is good. God not only desires to hear this prayer, but he is able to answer this prayer and to lead us through trial and to lead us through temptation and to lead us in the ways that will be pleasing unto him. It is a sincere prayer. It's a prayer we should pray daily. Lead us not into trials, temptations. Help us to listen to you, we might say, the first time and not be led in that path. And Lord God, when Satan comes with his trials and his tempts, deliver us from that evil. And we know you can and we know you will. Let's join together in prayer. Our Lord and our God, we humbly bow before you. We confess, O God, we are weak through and through. Even those places where we might be tempted to stand, we know unless we stand on you, we are on shifting sand. Lord God, help us to follow you, help us to listen to you, that you not lead us through times of trial and temptation to get our attention. Help us to be good students of the truth you've given to us in your holy word. And Lord God, when Satan comes with his tempts, may we again seek our refuge not in ourselves, not in what we can do. May we flee to Jesus Christ, an all-powerful Savior, a complete Savior, and find our refuge, our hope, and our strength in him. We are too weak, but you, O God, are strong. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen.